my life fades. The vision dims. All that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos. Ruined dreams. This wasted land. Welcome to episode 5 of From the Wastes. Today's guest is J.J. Shirty. J.J. is the author of Days Too Dark, a post-apocalyptic story that takes place in Australia, but not quite the Australia we remember. J.J. is also a guest contributor at postapocalypticmedia.com, often writing articles on video games, television shows, and movies within the post-apocalyptic genre. J.J.'s got a website, www.jjshirty.com, and he can also be found on Twitter, at J.J. Shirty. J.J., welcome to The Wastes. Dude, you have been busy. <laughs> Tell me what. Uh, you, you're an Australian. Yes, I am. But you are not in Australia. Where are you? I am in Taiwan at the moment. What are you doing in Taiwan? I'm in Taiwan teaching English to children. That's, yeah, that's something new for me. Wow. You know, I got a question. Okay, so you're, in, you're Australian, you're in Taiwan, uh, teaching children uh, mm-hmm. English. So mm-hmm. are we going to have Taiwan, folks from Taiwan, yeah. speaking English with an Australian accent? Uh, yes. Yes, actually. That's, that's funny. I, um... We, we sort of touched on this in our training. They I, they lined up all the people from, like, uh, West Coast America, you know, the American South, South Africans, New Zealanders, Australians, and they got us all to say, like, certain words, like beer and bear. And just, it's sort of just, you know, we, we saw how the accent can change from different regions. And they're like, with phonics, we have to speak with a North American accent. But just in general, every day, you know, talking with the students, we can just use our normal voice. So one for me is like, I'll say car instead of car. Oh. And just like, I'll say school. And like at certain points, kids will just like, just start parroting what I'm saying. Because I also like grammar, not grammar. And just, oh, yeah, wow. it's, uh, but see like mole man was from Kentucky. So I can sort of like, slide into like a cheesy american accent sometimes but oh okay looking for so yeah it, it's been interesting and yeah they're all aware that some of these kids are going to start sounding australian <laughs> that would yeah that would be uh i don't know i think it'd be cool but you know yeah well yeah, yeah. um you are an independent author Mm-hmm. And you recently just, uh, well, uh, recently, uh, what was it, back in December, January, you uh, published your, it, was it your first book? No, but we don't talk about the first book. Oh, the book that shall not be named. Okay. Yep. Uh, 
uh, but right. you you, uh, you published Days Too Dark, mm-hmm. an amazing, awesome, incredible post-apocalyptic book, and um, talk about it. Tell me about it. Um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but like I started it years ago. Like it was just this random little story that I started because like I just had this one dream one night, and it was just trippy. And I I decided to sort of start a story that was based around this one dream I had and it was it's set in the house that it's set in like that's a real house like I know most of the people that the characters they're based on real people and just life just kept happening and it sort of went from like this one like wasn't even like a short story it was like 10,000 words to start with and just it just kept growing and growing and eventually it just turned into what it is now so yeah, it's been a journey, I guess. Well, and it's not just you know your typical. Um, um, it's not just your typical book. I mean, this thing is. It's got pictures. It's got you know. It's got art. It's got uh, maps. It's got mm. uh, you know. There's a there's a lot of stuff going on with it that isn't just you know you know your basic you know two hundred page you know text mm. book. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about? Uh, collaborating with the artist or yeah um that was interesting like i'd worked with wellard before he's my he's my go-to artist he's from russia really good guy if anyone wants anything done that's post-apocalyptic go hunt him down easy man um yeah i had like i checked out upwork because i needed like a lot of things done so like i found this woman in rome and she did like the tarot cards. Like I wanted something completely different from the other artwork style. And so she did this sort of like sort of really colorful, really sort of, you know, nice, non-violent, non-sort of aggressive style for the tarot cards that are in the book. Um, there's a few other things like there's some sketches by other characters in the story. And so I wanted a different artist for that as well. So I found this guy in Thailand. And so he did a few things and... My graphic designer is this, this awesome guy who just travels around the world and just works wherever he wants to. I think he's in Peru. He's in. I know he's somewhere in South America at the moment, but he's been helping me with the latest project as well. And so, yeah, you meet some interesting people in this sort of industry. So, yeah. Well, so it was a pretty kind of a international. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It just on. like it's it's spiraled and just unbelievable. <laughs> like, and yeah, you, so it, it's been I'm, interesting. Yeah. I'm sorry. Do, uh, do you have plans? Is it the first of a series or is it a standalone? Oh. Um, I, I mean, I read it. I, yeah. But um, do, do you plan on, on continuing on with that? Yeah, so this is the thing. Like, I sort of went about this, and this has sort of been like a learning experience for me, actually. I sort of put the cart before the horse and did like the – like the magnum opus at the start, which is just, it's not a very smart way to do things. So like this one, this is going to be a trilogy. Like this sort of story arc has three, three entries, mm-hmm. but just looking at how like the whole industry work, there's also going to be a, uh, at the moment it's looking like two five part series that sort of deal with the city it's set in, but not focusing on these characters. Like it's just like the, a broader view of what sort of happened because in Days Too Dark, it's actually sort of like retelling of like the 18 years since the world ended. Mm-hmm. 
And so like, that's a lot of time to sort of like, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen in that amount of time. So yeah, this are these other series are going to go back and sort of explore that. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously looking forward to it. <clears throat> um, I know you have another project in the works, but I think I want to wait uh, a little later on, uh, wait for a little while to talk about that um, mm-hmm. until we're, uh, until we're closer to the end, just as a big cool. tease to listeners because this thing that you got going on is fucking cool, man. I mean, it's really cool. I'm really excited about it. So, um, yeah. you know, uh, w- one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, uh, you're not only a writer, but you're, I mean, you're a reader as well, I would mm. imagine. Yeah. Um, are there uh, any authors that you have read that uh, you really disliked at first, but then you started liking? Or were there any... Um, we'll go the, the other way as well. Were there any that you really liked and ended up not liking? Okay. Um, uh, I've only read one of his works, but like when I read War and Peace last year, like, and I read that at my old job. Like, my old job was just cushy. It was crazy. I knew what to do. So I just do everything and then I just read at work. And so I was like, I'll just read War and Peace. Like, I'm going to. I'm an author, like I, I need to read sort of like the pillars of, you know, the industry. And so, and like, I hated it at first. I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. This is, this is going nowhere. And it's like a thousand plus pages. Right. I just kept, I kept going through it. And I'm like, okay, this is going somewhere. It's going, okay. And by the end, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I love this, like the scale, the scope of the story was just, I loved it. Is that, um, have you read a lot of the, I guess, quote unquote classics, uh, I, I stay, I stay away from them. Can't stand them. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I you know, it, all the books that you had to like read in high school, mm, you yeah. know, to kill okay. a mockingbird and, yeah. and all those just bored me to absolute tears, except of course, 1984. But, um, do you, yeah. uh, after reading war and peace, do you find that you want to, uh, kind of read more of mm. kind of the classic literature or? Yeah, there's there's a few I sort of want to hit. Like I've picked up Ulysses. I haven't started reading it yet. Like again, it's you, you could beat someone to death with that thing. It's it's massive, and so th- there's a few that I want to get to at some point, just to sort of see you know how they. Because I I also don't I don't just read for the enjoyment. I don't just read because I'm a fan. Like <clears throat> sorry, I also read to sort of like deconstruct them, see what they've done, you know, see what works, what doesn't, sort of thing. So. Yeah. In terms of authors I've liked and then just steadily liked a lot less, um, this will annoy people. Uh, Justin Cronin, he wrote The Passage. Oh, that was uh, just recently. Is that the one that was made into a miniseries? That's, I don't know. No. Is it out yet? No, you know mm. what? Totally not the same thing. Continue. I'm yeah. Think, I'm th- yeah, I'm thinking of something completely different. Well, I know this has been made into a series. I don't know if it's out yet. But he wrote, like, it was The Passage, The Twelve, and then City of Mirrors. And I really dug the first one, but then the second one came out, and by the third one, I'm like, the way this guy writes just irritates me. It just so irks me. <laughs> Are there any authors that you won't read that you absolutely... I don't know, maybe I shouldn't ask that question. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> no. Are there any authors that you add that you just, you can't, you, no, I'm not going to read them. Uh, not in 
post-apocalyptic no there's there's no one that sort of just flat out like i won't read them but oh actually i suppose like yeah like this is where like you and i might butt heads but like i can't do the whole young adult thing so like i I do like maze runner just yeah there was was like 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 i've i've done the audiobooks for all the harry potter Mm mm-hmm and I was like, okay, that's a really good series, but that sort of kickstarted this, you know, movement of like, let's just target teenagers. And there's just there's something in the way those stories are crafted. Mm-hmm. They they like, I don't like the way they target like the insecurities of teenagers and like that desire for like a, a place in the world and, you know, you know, you've got the responsibilities of an adult, but you know, you don't have any of the authority yet, and so like, we're all lost at that age and there's just something about the way they target it just it it rubs me the wrong way and like i I fully get this there's probably a lot of really great stories but yeah well and the thing is is aren't we kind of lost through our whole adult life i mean mean, really i mean who the hell i mean i'm almost 50 years old i don't know how old you are i don't know what the hell i'm doing yeah you know (laughs) no idea not a clue i just kind of go day to day and i wonder what the fuck what the hell am I doing? I, I mean, I got kids. I got, I, I got a job, but I still just kind of stumble along, looking for yeah. my way, thinking there's got to be something better than this. Um, um, not something better than my f- family and stuff, but you know, there's got to be you know, with the with the just day to day doldrums of going to work and yeah. and doing all that. And um, uh, yeah, so you know, I, I don't know. For me, I, I feel like adulthood really isn't a whole lot more um, different than teenagehood other than the fact that I have to pay for my house and a car and insurance. I basically have to pay a lot more money. I basically have to pay for shit instead of having parents to pay for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, with with, uh, one of the things I like about YA literature is that uh, um, it... It, it 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 seems to t- keep the reader engaged because you know young readers i mean if you don't keep them engaged they're gonna just okay this is boring i hate it and then they're gonna move on to something else so they yeah. tend to be a lot more action all the time <clears throat> but um yeah i totally what i totally get what you're saying about about the ya stuff is it uh it gets real formulaic you know it's always you know the teenager who's nobody and then they become somebody but they're not sure they want to be somebody and then they decide yes i am somebody and and you know against these insurmountable odds and um uh you know my my wife and i just went to go see a new movie uh that came out called something it could have been called anything really within the ya (laughs) deal it was you know it was kind of a dystopian deal where there was some I don't know if it was a plague where uh, it killed off all uh, all children except for some, and the, the and the children it didn't kill off ended up gaining some sort of uh, power. Like, and uh, they would have and they had nicknames for all of them, but like some could, oh, oh, like yeah. some could, some had telekinesis; they could move stuff. Some had, some could just kind of see the future if they touched somebody, or or, or they could they could they could see what that person was going to do if they touched them and and uh it was actually pretty good but it was yeah. absolutely formulaic i mean it followed the formula of young adult 
literature. Yeah. And it left on a, I don't, I don't want to say a cliffhanger, but it left you going, okay, next one, let's go. Okay, come on, I need I need the other one, uh, or, the, or the next one. And I, I would venture to guess there isn't going to be a next one, because I never even saw a preview on TV for this thing. No. Um, I sure the darkest minds. That's it. That's it. Yep. yep. But yeah, it was. It was. I, I thought the acting was good. Yeah, it was a. It was a fun, a, just a fun YA flick. But I totally get yeah. it that a lot of people kind of just get bored, tired of it, of that stuff. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, like maybe that's just why I don't like it because like I'll watch it, but like, damn it, I can still relate to this. I know. <laughs> so maybe, I know. Maybe my brain is just defending me. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Don't well, go there, man. Well, and here you are. You you know, I mean, you're on quite the adventure. I mean, you busted out of Australia. You're going. To, you're in Taiwan. You're teaching a bunch of people English. Yeah. Just, and it, it was almost like on a whim. I remember when you when you mentioned it on Twitter. I was like, "What the fuck are these? Other, what?" <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Taiwan. I'm going to teach English. Oh, well, okay. I'm going yeah, to head yeah. down to the post office and mail some bills, and you know, <laughs> yeah. So, and this is for a, and that's for a year, right? You're going to be there for a year. Yeah, at least a year. So we're just going to see what happens. Wow. Like, because, like I said, I was working in a bottle of, uh, liquor store, and so like that was just my day job while I sort of wrote on the side. But this is, you know, the pay is roughly the same. The cost of living over here is way lower, but it's also more in line with my career as a writer. Like I'm teaching English. I'm around English all day, every day. So. Yeah, it sort of it works really well. Like one of my coworkers is actually an indie author as well, so I've just been like hitting her up and chatting with her, you know, about this sort of stuff. So that's been really good. So, do you think you're gonna ha- are you gonna have more time to write? Ah, uh, once you were? once I get the sort of the pattern down, like new new country, new job, like I'm sort of learning everything, and so but yeah, definitely, yeah, the hours are less than what I was doing back in Australia. So, you know, one of the things I saw uh, you were posting on Twitter a lot of pictures you know of the of the landscape of the buildings and stuff like that and one of the things that really struck me was you were talking about uh how the outside of the buildings will look you know completely run down there's like vines and shit growing out of the cracks and you know just and and but when you go inside these buildings it's completely you know pristine and and clean and nice and all that but um uh are you finding that you're uh are you finding a lot of um uh, ideas and uh, uh, influences for you know stuff you want to write later on yeah, or definitely like um <clears throat> like I walk home at night and there's this one street I pass there's just this tree like it's sort of half grown out over the road and it's sort of like just arching over this laneway and like you'd never get that back in Australia like it's just this it's, they've just like left this tree here like it's really good like if there's a tree around, like it just drops the temperature a bit anywhere around the tree because the humidity is what gets you here. Mm. And so, like, the trees just suck it all up, apparently. I don't know how it works, but yeah, so they like, there's a lot of like greenery around here. And so, if there's a gigantic tree that just happens to be half on a road, they just leave it there. Really? And so, like, I want to go back during the day and get a photo of this, like, one laneway with this tree that's just growing out over it. So, I'll get there eventually, like, I'm here for a year. So. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff like, like I sort of didn't believe it at first. Like it's just been like this really weird trip because like, like you said, like these buildings are somewhat just crumbling. There's like skyscrapers, shack, skyscraper. 
and just it's just how it is over here. So it's it's it's, it's been interesting. Yeah. And you've only been there for like a month, right? Yeah, you haven't yeah. been there very long. No, no. <laughs> so, wow. but yeah, loving it, loving it. Um, <clears throat> how did you market Days Too Dark? Are you are you oh, terribly? Really? And, and also, you're not. You're, I was going to ask if you're happy with the way you marketed it, but apparently not. Oh, again, first book. Like, I, I'd hate to be one of those people who, like, just instant success, and you're like, oh, where do I go from here? <laughs> so, but, you know, that may just be rationalizing starting at the bottom, but, you know, who knows? Um, yeah, like, like I said, like, being an indie, there's a whole, you know, slew of information you've sort of got to absorb and sort of take on board. So, like, like I'm happy, like, if I can hit up people on Twitter, like I'm always happy to like take advice, especially with the marketing side of things. Cause I'm one of those people who's just like, I just want to write like just, look, no. marketing, advertising, just, yeah. So, but being an indie, you've got to sort of, you know, stick your finger in a whole bunch of different pies and sort of, you know, do it all yourself. So, yeah. So when you write, are you writing, are you writing for yourself or are you when you know when you're writing are you saying i'm going to write this book and i want to make millions and i'm going to do whatever i got to do to make you know to, to, this this is going to be it right here or when you write are you just you know man i really you know this story kicks ass i don't even care if anybody reads it i just really like it this is cool you know if three or four people dig it that's not you know cool or you know are you looking to um you know because you mentioned that you were writing on the side Mm. and that you had a day job will you yeah. eventually at some point want to be have have yeah. your writing be your job yeah. you know and that and that's what you do yeah like i definitely had that period where i'm like i'm all about the artistic integrity <clears throat> pardon me and you know like i was like i'm just going to write for me and you know i will be the starving artist and i'm like well can i at least aim to make this a job so i can live off this so and like, like I said before, like the cart before the horse, like Days to Dark was very much a passion project. Like I will always have that. And this trilogy, that's going to be like my core sort of passion. Like that's going to be my artistic one. But these other series that I'm sort of starting to build at the moment, they're sort of going to be a bit more like, okay, let, let's be a bit smarter about this. Let's keep it PA. Let's, um, but let's sort of work with, you know, work with what I've got, like what my audience wants. So just being a bit smarter about, you know, going about how I work this. So I'll try and do both. Yeah. That's the idea. Like, like, <laughs> like, actors, like, like actors, they've got like the studio movies where like they're, they're contracted to do a bunch of movies. So like, you'll see like some big name actor in like a really weird movie and you're like, well, they had to do it to make right. money. Yeah. But then I've got those, like those passion projects as well. Like they want to do them. So, right. Mm. Yeah. And eventually they, they get to the point where, you know, they can totally pick and choose, you know, what they want to do and, <laughs> And, you know, sometimes all they, you know, they end up doing big stuff and then all of a sudden all they want to do is indie. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, I'm really, God, you know, I wish, it, 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 it's, it's frustrating because there is so much good indie stuff out there. Mm. And, you know, the, the garbage that keeps coming out of Hollywood, just, you know, just the crap that comes mm. out of Hollywood, uh, just the, the reboots and the remakes and the reimaginings and... You know, I, I mean, I understand that there's, you know, what, only seven stories in the world. There's only ever been seven stories, and every every story that's ever been written or told is just a variation of a theme of one of those stories. 
But yeah. I mean, how many times do we have to reboot X uh, the MI, Men in Black, or how many times do we have to reboot Ghostbusters, or yeah. you know, it, you know, where I can I can go and click on YouTube, and do just do a quick search of you know post apocalyptic indie films, and there mm-hmm. is some amazing shit on there. Yeah, it's ten fifteen minutes yeah. long. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's a story, and, and there's stories that haven't been told, and yeah. and and they are a variation on a theme, but. They're so, they're there's such a. I don't know how to explain it. There's such a variation that mm. you're like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, I mean, are, are there not people in Hollywood that are like, okay, we got this, uh, you know, somebody's going on YouTube and just just clicking and watching some of this shit, and you know, going to some producer and going. There's this little ten minute thing, man. It's awesome. We can make a million dollars on this, or I, I guess today four hundred million. You know. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Like, Hollywood's still a business, and so they want to do right. safe bets. Like, like, oh, I, I had this thing like before I left Australia, like Vin Diesel versus The Rock. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't watch rock <laughs> movies anymore. Like, he's just he's he's The Rock and whatever he is in, yeah. it's just. And like Vin Diesel has made some bad movies, I, I yeah, can't argue that. But like, at least he's got like movies he actually believes in, right. and like that for me, that's sort of like okay, I, I would prefer to watch something like you know Vin Diesel sort of put his heart into than something The Rock's like I can make the biggest blockbuster for the year. I'm like yeah, but I don't care. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely some great stuff out there, and like I think. It's sort of like horror movies, like post-apocalyptic films are sort of really well suited for like low budget sort of like indie projects. So right. it's just like, it just sort of lends itself. Like you don't really see like, I suppose there's like indie comedies on YouTube, maybe like little skit companies that make stuff for YouTube. No, you, you, so. don't, like, you, don't, you don't see like dramas that are indie. You don't see, you know... You'd see sci-fi that's indie, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, westerns don't really see them. So there's just something about post-apocalyptic that they sort of tend to lend itself to indie pro- projects. So is that why you went with post with with, with the post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic genre? I mean, is or is it you know is that something that you have loved forever? And you're like, by God, I, I have got to write, and I have got to write something PA. Well, there's a few things. Like, my dad showed me, like, Mad Max 2 when I was, like, three years old. <laughs> wow. He was like, I love this movie. Watch this. And, like, wow. he's like, you cried when that guy, like, tried to catch the boomerang from the ferret <laughs> kid and it chopped his fingers off. And I'm Tony, like, I was great. Yeah. Everybody like, laughed. <laughs> like... And then I was in New Zealand because, like, my mom's from New Zealand. And so, like, I'd go there every, like, year or two to, like, spend time with that side of the family. And one of my cousins showed me, like, Resident Evil 2. I think it was the original PlayStation. And, like, I was camping at the time. And, like, this guy had, like, escaped from prison. And, like, he was known that he was in the area. And so, like, I'd just been, like, trauma. This is for real? This is for real, yeah. Like, just... This guy escaped. Oh, jeez. And so, like, I'd been traumatized by Resident Evil 2 because I was like, 
I think it was like 10 or 11 or something. I was, I was really young. And he's like, here's a zombie game and guys getting their heads ripped off by monsters with giant tongues. And I was like, ah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm, I'm in a camping ground. And, like everyone knows there's like this escaped convict running around. And like, I remember like sprinting to like the toilet blocks at night, just being terrified. And I'm like, eh, this is, so oh I've just had these instances like through my childhood where I've just been, it's just always post-apocalyptic stuff. So yeah, it's just always been the thing I've gone to. Um, so <clears throat> obviously, obviously you like, uh, PA games as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was going to mention that, uh, one of the uh, first we started following each other and I had noticed that you had a YouTube channel and so I went to it and I saw that you had a playthrough of uh, the Mad Max game for uh, yeah. Xbox mm -hmm. or Xbox One. One, yeah. Yeah, Xbox One. And uh, I hadn't had any plan on, on getting an Xbox One and so I figured, because uh, the only two games I wanted on it was uh, Mad Max and Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. And so I went ahead and uh, watched your your playthroughs. And um, do you do you uh, play predominantly PA games on on consoles, or is that just did you play it because it was Mad Max? Um, I at a certain point you just can't play every game. <laughs> like right. There are certain games that I will get, like, no matter what, like, still, like, my favorite game ever is The Witcher 3. It's not post-apocalyptic, but it's just such an amazing game. Like, there's the scope of it, the story, the setting, it's it's amazing. And they're making, um, Project Red, Project CD Red, the company, I'm sorry, I forget what the name is. They're, they're making, um, Cyberpunk 2077, a sort of, like, this dystopian cyberpunk setting, like, it's dystopian, so I'll, I'll play that for sure. But then also, like, Red Dead Redemption 2, that's coming out soon. Not PA, but I'll play that. But yeah, predominantly, it's post-apocalyptic games. Because I love the genre, but also to sort of limit what I'm playing. Like, I can justify not buying other games now, just because, like, like this is for writing. It's research. Ah. I have. Yeah, I have so. to play it, yeah. Yeah, the, really? the lies we tell ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you a Fallout fan? Did you like Fallout Four? I mean, have you, have you played any of the earlier games? Did um... I was the only one I knew who played Fallout One and Two for about ten years. Like I tried same to get, here. same here. I tried to get all my friends into it, and they're like, "Nah, that looks lame." Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, so I, I think I got into Fallout One like '98. Like, I think I just missed the launch. But, yeah, so I, I played all the originals. And, like, the only ones I haven't played is those um early console games, like Fallout Brotherhood Steel. Oh, we don't. We're, let's not go there. Yeah. No, no. Like, I saw, I looked at it. I'm like, yeah, no. Nah, nah. Yeah. I, you know what? I, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I was uh, uh, playing Brotherhood of Steel, and um, at the time, uh, my wife would uh, would read at night mm -hmm. uh, when we go to bed and I would sit there and play something and I was playing a, a Brotherhood of Steel and I think that's probably the closest I ever had gotten to her just fucking packing up and leaving she <laughs> hated that game and yeah. it yeah it sucked it, it was just it was it was bad it was bad mm. it was horrible yeah. no, no, mm -hmm. nothing redeeming about it um, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't even a Fallout game as far as I'm concerned, it's kind of like yeah. Highlander 2. 
Is it, isn't it Highlander Two? It's like the Highlander that we don't that we don't talk about. Even though I th- I liked Highlander Two, it was either it was one of the Highlanders where everyone just like ah eh, we we just kind of you know we kind of forget about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what about this Fallout? Uh, what about the uh, seventy six that's coming out? What do you think? With the whole I will, MMO thing, I will probably get it. Like that's just, but I'm not going to get it when it comes out. Like I've sort of given myself like. I've got a dystopian story I want to write before Fallout, so I'll get that done. Just so I, it's, I've got like a a goal and a reward just for finishing this project. So whenever I finish that, then yeah, I'll get a console and get Fallout seventy six. Like I'll have to upgrade the internet here. Like Taiwan has like crazy good internet. Like I was sort of setting up the hotel or like my apartment, and there um. Yeah, they don't sort of charge you by download limit. They charge you by the speed. Oh. And I was like, so there's just no limit. Like, you can just do whatever you want. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, wow, that's cool. Okay. Like, that's Australia, has, mm, Australia has terrible internet. Yeah, so Australia just has a really bad internet set up. Like, we just got, like, this new, like, they call it the national, NBN, the National Broadband Network. And, like, they're going to use, like, the highest tech, you know, to sort of, like, connect everyone, especially, like, the rural areas. Like, they're so far out. Right. Like, there's so much space in Australia, but none of it, like, not most of it's not even used. Yeah. And so connecting everyone with a really good internet network is, has always been problematic. And, like, they've, they've set up this new system where, it like, all the interconnections are, like, the highest fiber optics. I don't know. I'm not a technician. But all I know is, like, it's really high speed till it gets to like the junction boxes in your area. And then it just reverts to the old copper. Oh, so, so it's like, it gets to your house and right. just, it slows down. And it's just like, everyone's like, this is a joke. Like you spent millions on this and like, it's nothing's changed. <laughs> right. So unless you completely redo all the wiring in your house, as far and as, as far straight as out to the box. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then you're really not gaining anything. Yeah, so it, yeah. Mm. Oh well, uh, but I'm in Taiwan now, so we have good internet here. <laughs> yeah, so what, whatever. I don't, I don't care about that. It's but, fine. But you don't have any. You don't have any. You didn't bring any consoles with you or anything. I mean, you are you are you able to game at all? Do they have Do they have arcades there? I mean, they've got like land places. Remember that you like you'd get. Oh yeah. Land parties, but they got like uh-huh. sh- shops that are just lands. Like there's computers there, and people go in there and they game, and like I don't know, cool. Kind so of like internet cafe type of thing. Yeah, where you could go in and they'd have like, you know, a dozen laptops or, or a dozen PCs or whatever. Yeah. And you could sit there and game mm. with whatever. So they got them here. Like, I haven't really seen them before in Australia. Like, maybe I'm just not in a big enough city. But, yeah, yeah I've never seen them before. But, um, yeah, they've got consoles here. So, I'll go, but, yeah, i got no consoles, but I'll get one eventually. Mm. Are you into the retro gaming at all? I mean, do you like the old 8-bit, 16-bit? type of stuff or you kind of you know that was cool then i'm let's... like like i was just checking out a game store down the road and like i saw like they've remade like the secret of mana from uh-huh. like the old snes days yeah and i was like cool like i'd get that like there's a few old like see i sort of pined for the old days of like rpgs from like super nintendo yeah, yeah. like link to the past chrono trigger uh, secret chrono evermore terranigma that was a really great one uh-huh like Lufia too, like yeah. 
the scope of those games was huge. Yeah. And so, like, you don't really find that these days. Like, you could sink a lot of time into those old games. Yeah. But these days, they're like, here's 20 hours and you're done. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, and, you know, here's a bunch of DLC that, you know, probably should have been uh, in the game, but whatever, you know, yeah. we'll have you pay yeah. extra for it. Um, what do you think about mods? What do you think, you, like, you know, with, with Fallout 4, I don't know if you've played Skyrim, but um, what do you think about the whole mod thing? I sort of got into mods with Fallout 4, and I really enjoyed them. Like, like a lot of, like, the weather-changing ones. Yeah. Like, because, like, Fallout 4 is a base game. It's good. It, it, I enjoyed it. I put a lot of time in it. And you get these mods, you sort of like start mixing things up a bit, like like radiation storms, like the mist and all that. And yep. Yeah, so I like that sort of stuff. Like they'd, like, they'd, they'd tweak like the color palette a lot. Because mm-hmm. like Fallout 4 was like, it was bright. Yep. Like the buildings are like these teal and orange and stuff. And you're like, okay, cool. It's, it's red for a future. <laughs> But then you look back at like Fallout One and Two, and it's just this drab sort of like West Coast desert area. And so right. there was a few that sort of, you know, modded Fallout Four to be a bit more in line with the originals. So yeah, I've seen some pretty. They've uh, they, you know they've got ones where, <clears throat> excuse me, it basically um, completely changes the Commonwealth into like a, like a Fallout New Vegas. It's just yeah, it's all desert. Yeah. You know, and I noticed some mods coming out. I know there's that, um, it's a, uh, something Miami, and there's yeah, one that they're uh, talking about that's taking place up in Seattle. But they say mm-hmm. that that one's not supposed to, it, it's it's not going to probably, probably come to be until, like, for two or three years. But I saw some yeah. screenshots and some footage of it, and it's, it's, a, it's a whole new game. It's a whole new map. Yeah. It's a whole new game. You know, and it's a mod. It's free. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you have to have Xbox Gold to... I think you, I think you do. Any, anyway, I think I, I, to download it, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. In terms of modding, like, there's a few like quality of life ones as well. Like, the last playthrough I did was with the Minutemen, and like I, and I'm like level 100, right. and so like played through a fair while. And you know, like you, like was it a flare gun you'd use to like call yeah. in support? Yeah. And so like you're level 100, there's like this legendary death claw trying to kill you. And like you shoot a flare off to call in backup, and like level one Minutemen come up, <laughs> and you're like, what? They just get like swiped and they're dead. And you're like, well, that was useless. So there's mods that like you know, the support of your faction is actually sort of leveled with you. So like, you get this mod and like five guys in power armor come up with like mini guns, and you're like, thank you, you guys there can help. Go. So, but yeah, I um, yeah, I'm I'm open to mods. So I, I sort of got out before this whole creation club thing came in. So, so I, I don't know how that's going to affect things. Like, well, that's interesting with Fallout seventy six actually, because it's always online. So how are you going to mod if the other people don't mod? So again, right? Yeah, that will. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how that how that works. Um, mm. Yeah, and with the creation club, you know, it when it first came about, I was like, oh, gee. They want more money. They want me to patient. You know where where you know and, and the stuff they were offering was you know because the the, the stuff in Creation Club is just created by modders and I, I don't, yeah. I, and I don't know exactly how it works. I don't know if Bethesda sees a mod that's um, uh, like really popular or something like that, or if you have to like apply to to Bethesda. And but obviously the I mean they're they're just mods that are blessed by Bethesda. You know I, I think they. 
like they they know the high quality modders right like they sort of bring them on board and they like they, they fix them up like if there's like tiny twigs they need to fix like they'll yeah. do that but yeah. um and see and they have they have free mods every weekend in the yeah. creation club and so you know <laughs> and, and they're all just kind of uh um like skins for your armor you know yeah. but like I, i'm a big adam cats guy i everything I, i'm just that's my gig, baby. I mean, uh, there's just the Adam Katz is just the coolest, hippest yeah. thing th- that I know. And so, uh, you know, you can you can have the Adam Katz skin on uh, your weapons and your armor and all that. So it's just kind of a, you know, and, and your power armor, your Pip Boy, and so uh, and that's pretty cool. One thing I noticed though is I just started playing Skyrim, and yeah. the Creation Club or the modding community and that. Uh, is it doesn't seem nearly as up to date, um, and I know that came out before Fallout Four, mm. but uh, like the because there's a creation club for Skyrim as well, and yeah. the they've had a dwarven mud crab for free. That's the only yeah. thing they've ever had for free is a companion, yeah. and they've never. I mean, for the last two months, uh, well, no, I've only been playing it for about a month or so. There hasn't been a single new. Uh, mod in the creation club so it's yeah. I don't know if it's just kind of abandoned but whereas the Fallout 4 mod community seems like I mean it's a constantly changing yeah. I mean there's always stuff being added to it so like Skyrim came out like 2011 so like yeah yeah it, it, like it it's had its heyday like it's been re-released like 50 times now yeah. like that, that's always the joke yeah like this year's E3 it was like Skyrim is now released on like that Siri Alexa sort of house AI system. Oh, so you, you can't even see it. Like it was a joke, but like oh. you can't even see the game. <laughs> just like Alexa, climb the mountain. Oh, funny. Yeah, they've re-released that game so many times. But yeah, Fallout Four definitely is where it's at these days for modding. Yeah, I'm really excited for this Fallout seventy six. I, you know, I, I, I have always hated MMOs. I don't like playing with other people. I don't want to. I don't, and I don't want to play with strangers. And I don't want to, you know, spawn and get shot by some punk who's sniping me from somewhere, and just, and so. But it looks like, um, you know, and it's funny you said that uh, you're probably not going to get it when it comes out. It might be the only game I will ever or have ever purchased. Mm. Um, when it comes oh, no, out, I am so yeah. stoked for. Except for Secret of Evermore, I was waiting at the doors of Target back in '94 or '5 or whenever that was uh, <laughs> on SNES. But um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just stoked for it. And and you know, and and if they have it set up to where it's just like a squad of like you know you and three or four other people, mm. you know, um. The, the only thing I'm not really keen on is the whole, you know, being able to nuke settle, settlements, because it, it's, I, it seems like that's going to be the, I, I, you know, people just, you know, nuking you out of the blue and. I think you can nuke like set locations. I I, I think that's that's how they've got around that, like oh, because okay. like, you've got to be able to like nuke an area. And then, like, that would need to be totally different in terms of, like, the location. So, like, you'd go there. And so instead of, like, them having the entire map have, like, an alternate mute, like, visual aesthetic, they just have, like, these set locations. I'm pretty sure that's how they've got around that. So oh, I got you. You just sort of, like, learn where can be nuked and just not put a settlement there. 
So, but yeah, that, that's that's definitely interesting. Like that, they, they don't want griefing, but you can also nuke entire regions. So, right. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. You know, I'll yeah. Um, I'm actually okay. interested to see if like, like you know the the mad mutually assured destruction. Yeah. I'm interested to see if that will translate into like the game. Like, you don't want to nuke other people because they might have nukes as well. And then oh. they can just nuke back. <laughs> I'm like, I want to yeah. see if like, that sort of comes into play. Yeah, if there's some way where, you know, the game lets <laughs> you know that there are nukes incoming and that you mm. have time to launch <laughs> your own, yeah, you know, then, yeah, it might, it might help. Um, yeah, that's a really good idea. You know, instead of just, you know, you're just, you know, you're all standing around in your shack or whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, mushroom cloud. That's not cool. Yeah. No, um, no. You know, and with the technology that, I mean, there's power armor for crying out loud. There's computers. I mean, th there's no reason why you wouldn't have the ability to know that there are nukes incoming and where those nukes mm. are coming from. Yeah, yeah. In, in so, game. We'll see how it happens. Yeah. Um, hey, let's talk about this new project you got going on. Uh, okay. I saw that just uh, yesterday, a couple days ago, you mm -hmm. uh, you released an arc out to some beta readers, and uh, this is quite the deal. You want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Cool. Okay. Far away. Um, you want to ask questions, or do I just randomly tell? Um, nah, just tell me about it, man. What what what, what is this? I... <laughs> this is funny. Okay, I sort of. I wrote this at the end of last year, well, the first draft, and I I scoped out Amazon and I saw there wasn't really anything that was, it hadn't been done before. There was one where like a guy had focused on like zombies specifically and he'd, he'd written, okay, the project is a writing guide specifically to the post-apocalyptic genre. And so yeah, I scoped out Amazon. The closest thing was a guy who focused on zombies. The funny thing is, like, I think like, three or four like it's probably about a week or two now ago he um he actually updated that book to make it more general to like the entire genre as well so i'm like oh it's too slow but he was he's actually pretty cool like he um like the previous version can i get a copy of the updated version as well he's like yeah sure man like he bought the original so i'm gonna i'm gonna check that out as well like hopefully we're not too similar so but yeah so it's a writing guide for the post-apocalyptic genre and i i sort of i wanted to sort of jot down like everything I'd learned about it's not so much how to write it's like how to utilize the genre as a whole and sort of you know I guess the main thing for me is like I, I, I want good stories and like if I'm going to go out and buy a book I want it to be good and like I'm not one of these people like I don't want to rip on other people but I, I want their stuff to be good so this is this is my effort to be like, hey, this is what I've learned. Hopefully, it can help you out. If you've got some better advice, sure, throw it out there. Like, if you want to attack this, great, go for it. Because I want to get better as well. So, and that's being a creator and not just a fan as well. So, like, I, I sort of coming at it from both angles. Like, I want to learn from better PA authors as well. So, yeah, sort of a ramble there, but yeah, sorry. No, that um, you know and. This isn't like, you know, some 14-page pamphlet, you know. No. On, on how, this is a 200-plus page, you know. I've I've looked through it, and uh, I, I mean, it's, I, th I think it's awesome. But, you oh. know, 
I'm a fan, so maybe I'm biased. I don't know. Um, but uh, you know, just reading through, I mean, you the the angles you cover and just just everything that's involved with this, just and just just the amount of information that's in this book. Where, you know, especially in a genre that's, I'm not going to say it's flooding the market, um, because as far as I'm concerned, there can't be enough PA no. stories out it, there. It's uh, definitely happening this day, though. Like, oh, yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is the day of the end of the world, man. And I'm yeah. loving every minute of it, you know. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, for somebody who's, uh, who's wanting to, or, you know, thinking about, you know, breaking out into it and not getting into the common tropes of you know just you know the, the zombie thing and you know there's a billion you, you, you know and and making something a little bit different mm. about uh about your story you know and why i should read your story instead of all the other stories that are out there um i think people are gonna i don't know i think this thing is gonna be awesome i hope so yeah it um because like I've, I've, we're just coming to Twitter and like I, I love the PA community on Twitter I think it's amazing like I was like yes there's actually people like me <laughs> isn't and it was... though you know and it's funny because you know it's a you know apocalyptic violent you know yeah. kind of a I don't want to say testosterone driven but you, you know it's Mad Max yeah. and it's you know yeah. and it is it really is one of the you know, because you, you have the Star Wars community, you got the Star Trek community, and you know people like to geek out and 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 do their thing. But there's so much infighting. You know, oh, yeah. where it is in the PA community, I haven't seen any. I don't I don't know no. if it's just if if I'm not following, <laughs> I I guess the right people to to be able to see the infighting. <laughs> or I guess it'd be the wrong people, but. I you know I follow a lot of folks in the in the in the PA circles in on Twitter and I just I I never see anybody you know doing anything like that fighting about anything the like the only real disagreement I've had well not even had but like just seen and it was more like a polite discussion it was like whether Fury Road is part of the Mad Max canon like right and, yeah. We were just talking about. It. I'm like, okay, well, this is what I think, and yeah. the other guy's polite as well. So like, like that's it. So well, and it, yeah, it's tame. So well, that was part of like the whole like Eternal Return post I made. It's sort of there's something weird going on with Mad Max. Like it's not just for me anyway. It's not just normal linear timeline. Like something strange is going on, especially with the game. Like I, I like I said, I think they missed an opportunity with the game to sort of get that new game plus cycle going on right yeah because he ends how he starts like yeah. he sort of he makes some progress in personal development but then it all goes to shit and he's back at the start and just yeah so like i i think the the first three mad max films they sort of they had like a neat arc like one he sort of has a life he loses it two he's just lost and wandering three he's still lost but he sort of finds himself like that was the good thing about three. Like originally, it wasn't even going to be a Mad Max film. Yeah, it was a, the, the Lost Kids and stuff. And yeah, then I made up Mad Max, and like he sort of like you know he realized when he when he found these kids, like he'd become the thing he'd been fighting against his whole life. And that's why he sort of went back and helped him out, and sort of like that was his redemption sort of thing. So right, 
So like in terms of character arc, like that was that was good for Mad Max. Like that's that sort of put a bow on it. And then you get Fury Road, and where does it fit? Are you right? Yeah, yeah, where does it fit in that timeline? Because you know, you know, uh, Mad Max One to Mad Max Two, um, I've always heard that it's uh, I think three years between the, those two films, and then yeah. between Mad Max Two and Beyond Thunderdome, it's like ten years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, and then yeah, all of a sudden Fury Road comes in, and you know he's got his interceptor, and. You know, people are saying, and then you you also have to, you know, obviously the the nuclear Armageddon happens sometime between Mad Max one and two. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, with Fury Road, there was there had obviously been you know the the, the nuclear Armageddon had happened. Yeah. So, yeah, I just yeah I, I have no idea. I have no idea where it fits in, and so it, it, you know, and Miller's talked about how. I don't know if he's ever explained where it fits in. Hmm. And, it's you know, somewhere around two. Like, so, somewhere that, around two? Yeah. Before or after, it's, it's somewhere there. Yeah. So I think, I think that's about as close as well I can find it. So. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because uh, and, and Fury Road, we don't, don't you know, we, we, we see hope and glory, but we don't know anything about, you know, his wife and, and his kid. No, because yeah, he, like he, you know. he had like a group of people he was looking after. Right. They sort of got killed. Like you, yeah, you see, is Hope the daughter? What's that? Is Hope the daughter? Because it's like no, a mother. I don't. And daughter. I don't oh, is, is Hope his daughter? No, 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 no. But like Hope and daughter, like a mother and daughter. Right. I, th- I think so. I think so. Yeah. So you see the daughter, and like you know that like he'd sort of, she died in his arms. And in the comic, that matches up. Yeah. So, but I don't know where the rest. Yeah. Like, he had a group. He lost them, so, yeah. yeah. And then we're supposed to get two more movies. Um, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. I just got, is it going to be another 30 freaking years before we get them? I mean, um, because well, I, I thought there were, I thought I read something recently yeah. about uh, <clears throat> Miller, there being some sort of litigation over yeah. something and yeah. how it's kind of pushed things back. And, yeah, uh, and so you know, I I either I don't want, of course, you know, and I don't know. Maybe you mentioned it where it would be cool to see, you know, if it doesn't happen for another ten years, you know, Hardy's going to age ten years in that time. Yeah, and I wonder if we're ever going to have an end to Max's story. Mm. You know, where because I remember the original <clears throat> back around. Maybe it was around 2000, 2002. Um, I used to belong to an online forum that uh, talked a lot about the whole Mad Max PA thing. And it's when the, f- the story first started kind of coming out that there was going to be a new movie, and it was going to have Mel Gibson. And But Mel Gibson was going to be old, and he was basically dying, and his son was then going to be charged with getting this group of women from point A to point B. Well, yeah. the, the getting the group of women from point A to point B survived to, to be yeah. in Fury Road, but obviously, you know, the whole Mel Gibson thing went away. Um, and so, you know, that kind of would have been the end of of Max Rokotansky. Yeah. And, and the beginning of, you know, Max Jr. I don't know what, what, mm-hmm. the, what they would have called him, but um, they, they, I'm sure they would have come up with some kind of, you know, 
funny name for them like they do with everything yeah. else in the movies. But the names they come up with, with, with the characters and everything in those movies is just genius. I sat there and tried, you know, I'd, I'm not a writer, but sometimes I try to come up with, you know, little goofy stuff that I think could be a story or whatever. And I've, I've tried to, or like, you know, Mad Max uh, fan fiction. And uh, I've tried to come up with, with, with those kind of names and every single thing I come up with just sounds stupid. And it's just re- ridiculous. Um, it, and I don't know if Miller comes up with all that stuff on his own or if he must. I mean, he had, he had all the names from, from one and two. So um, like the world building for Mad Max is amazing. Just like the simple change of like gasoline to guzzling. Yeah. They consume fuel. It's guzzling now. Guzzle was gasoline. Like it's, it's great. Something small like that. Like word burger. It's a book. Yeah. Like that is great. How do you come up with that? You know, the first time I saw the road warrior, I think, cause it came out in 82, didn't it? I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I was at. The oh, f- that's the second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the second. Yeah, yeah, next too. Um, yeah, I was at the fair, and it's when VCR, when VHS first started coming out, and in the commercial building there was uh, the local uh, video rental store, and he was playing uh, Road Warrior just kind of on a constant loop. You know, yeah. he'd play it, rewind it. I spent the entire five days of the fair standing there at that booth watching the road warrior over and over. because I remember seeing, and I don't remember how I first knew about the movie, but I remember, um, I remember the newspaper and I remember, you know, how they used to, uh, show what was playing at the theater. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and there yeah. was the, the, the Mad Max poster or the road warrior, uh, poster that was in black and white. And I remember cutting it out. There was something that fascinated me about it. I didn't know. I must've read something somewhere about it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I sat there and watched it over and over. And then, uh, yeah, my dad got a got a membership there, and I rented that thing. I just constantly. It was the only movie I I would rent, you know. Yeah. And, and then I finally got to see Mad Max, and I remember the first time I got I saw Mad Max, I was like, "What?" You know, because I kind of expected it to be like the Road Warrior. Yeah. You yeah. know. And uh, and it totally wasn't, and not until I got old enough to realize, okay, this is you know kind of the genesis you know the world's not broken yet and 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 all this stuff but uh yeah yeah so i wrote this and i'm hoping it can help people like and yeah it it did sort of grow and grow and grow because like you know you've got your basic you can cover the plot and setting the characters and then you've got like you know you want to get a bit of detail and like there's so many different sort of sorts of scenarios right you can sort of with and so like like i love Waterworld, like Mm. Kevin Cosner, love it. But then I'm sitting there like, there's not enough ice for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But like, again, like, suspension of disbelief, you just just go with it. And so, yeah, yeah I sort of like, I wanted to touch on a few things like that and sort of, you know. And, mm, like, I, the first project I did with Wellard was the, um, the covers for the book series that I'm, that I've just, they've gotten pushed back like that original Metanoia series, like, I'll get there someday. Oh, that but, was yours. Because I, yeah, I, I follow him, too, and I followed his yeah. artwork and his PA artwork and uh, yeah. and all his digital art and everything, and yeah. I remember those. I remember yeah, those pictures. Yeah. I still got them. I'm going to use them, but, like, oh, the wow. series is just, the scope has just grown. Oh. But um, the thing that originally inspired that was um, I hated the idea that, like, there's just 
faceless enemies, like just stormtroopers. And you're just like, oh, I killed them. They're stormtroopers. Right. And like, it's still, like Fallout is similar in that, oh, they're raiders. Kill them. And it's like, well, why, why are they a raider? Like, have they got people depending on them? Like, no one's like, I'm. well, I guess some dicks may be like, okay, I'm going to go kill my neighbor. Right. But other people are like, well, I've got kids. They need food. My wife's sick. I'm, I'm going to go deal with this. And so, like, especially for that series, like, every character, even if they are, like, a, a violent dick, like, there's a pretty good reason. Like, and you're going to go into that. And so there's no sort of just faceless, just let's kill them. Right. And so, yeah, that, that was a big part of that series. And, like, again, like, part of this guide was, like, you can have enemies that you're just gunning down, but, like, they're people too. Like, ah, oh, there was a Civil War movie I watched recently. It had Sam Worthington in it. It's about, like, three women in the South who sort of have to hold out against, like, some crazy Union soldiers. I have no idea. But, um... Oh, I'm terrible with names. Um, but yeah, they um these two Union soldiers, like they're just on like they're like scouts for the army. So they're way advanced. And like there's no sort of Confederate soldiers in the area, so they've just got free reign and they're just raping and pillaging. And this Sam Worthington's character is like, you know, I've gone too far, like I can't get back. Like I, I don't know how to stop. And it's sort of, you know, he's he's gone beyond the pale and that's sort of what explains why he's doing what he's doing. Like he's not just this, well, he is like a crazed killer, but he's also sort of like, there's this, I'd I'd say like, it's a sadness that he's lost something and he doesn't know how to find his way back. And so like, again, sorry, spoiler, he dies. There's a sort of like longing to sort of like be whole again as he dies. And so I I think it's just good. Like storytelling, like, yeah, if you want to have PA, you want to have enemies you can kill, sure. But just, I guess, make their deaths count for something. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just that Rambo, like, the, the bullet counter is just counting down and you're just and people, and you're like, well, who cares? So I guess I guess add meaning as, in as many places as you can. That's what I'm going for, I guess. That's really interesting, <laughs> um, coming at it from you know, the perspective of, you know, the bad guys, mm. you know, and, uh, cause they have stories too. Mm. And, uh, you know, I've watched, <clears throat> it's not PA, but there's a, um, a couple of really super good star Wars, uh, independent movies. In fact, I just posted a couple of them on Facebook recently. And, uh, one of them is about a stormtrooper, mm-hmm. and, and you, you follow his, his, his story. And uh, it's heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. So yeah, yeah, it would be cool to. It, it didn't Fallout New Vegas kind of do that with some of the some of the factions where, um, you know, initially they were the, the bad guys, and then once you kind of start talking to them and 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 figuring out you know why they're doing what they're doing, you're almost kind of like, mm-hmm. oh well, uh, shit, maybe you know, I, I, do I join them? I mean, they're they're not really wrong. You know, I, I think probably maybe like the Khans, the Great Khans. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I was thinking like, of. They're sort of like nomadic, like they're raiders, but at the same time, like they had like women and children. They camp, right? And yeah, they were like they were getting attacked by the NCR, and they're like, okay, women and children escape, and old people escape down the side alley. There's a bunch of like 
NCR soldiers who were like there and like head office was like shoot anyone who comes down they're like oh it's women and children and like do it yep and like one of the snipers who was forced to do that under orders is actually Boone the sniper companion yep. you can get who's yep. sitting up a giant dinosaur I really hope that thing's real <laughs> I know they use a lot of real locations so I want to find that dinosaur Oh, but, sure. Um, if it's in if it's in Vegas, yeah, they got that way out in the desert. They've that's a pretty yeah. common, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you, like you can deal with his whole um, backstory as well. Like he's been through hell as well. And like one of the endings with him is like, if you sort of don't help him sort of heal, like after the game, he goes back to NCR, finds the officer that ordered him to shoot, and he kills him and kills himself. See, I don't yeah, know. See, I, I, I played it, and I, but I didn't finish it, mm. and um, and so, yeah. Thanks for spoiling it. Appreciate <sighs> it. I guess I don't have to play it now. <laughs> well, that's one ending. Like you can actually right. get a good ending with the cons. Like, like they can. I think they go north into like. Oh, it's not Utah. Nevada. I'm so bad with American states. But um, yeah, like they can, they can leave, and they can like they can get wiped out, or they can sort of move on and sort of you know reestablish themselves elsewhere because oh, cool. you got to think like it's been like what 200 ish years and they've been around since like because they started in vault 15 yeah. in like fallout one so they're like 200 years old right like their tribe like they're a fairly well established group of individual like people like so that's a whole culture just going on like i think that sort of thing is cool but um yeah, just in terms of bad guys, like, obviously they're there to die for the story. Like, that that's their role. They're going to die. That's just what the story needs. But, yeah, if, if you you can add some more weight to that by giving them character. Like, there's always, like, oh, what is it? It's in some movie, like, these guys, like, hijack a car and, like, they turn around and, like, they're driving away and they're like, ooh, okay, okay, we can escape now. They turn around, there's, like, a baby in the back. You're like, oh, God. It's a kid. <laughs> like, and then you find, like, that happens in real life. Like, I read one story, like, a guy, like, hijacked this woman, took her a car, and then, like, he saw the baby in the back. He's like, oh, shit. So he drove back, gave her the baby, and drove off. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like, okay, that that's it's still shitty, but at least he did that. So I was like, okay, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you one final question. Okay, go for it. What What is one thing that you would give up in order to become, I guess, a better writer? Yeah. What do you think is one thing that you would give up in order to do that? What would I give up? Oh, I've already given up. Like, because yeah, like I have no sense of smell. Oh so, wow. Yeah, so I can't smell anything. Um, so you can't really give up a handicap, can you? <laughs> That's giving up a negative. <laughs> um, what would I give? Yeah, okay. Hmm. Man, like what? Like anything? I guess. Like I need what, my fingers. What, what, do, what do you hold near and dear? That, I need my that... fingers. I'd give up the ability to speak. Really? Yeah. Yep. I need sight. I need hearing, and I can still type words. So I'd give up, and I need my tongue. So I'd give up the ability to speak, yeah. so Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, you need to let us know where we can find you because uh, you got stuff going on, and uh, people need to follow you, and they need to know what you're working on. 
Okay. Um, I do have a Facebook, but I don't use it as often as Twitter. I don't know. Facebook just doesn't seem to jive for me. I can't seem to get it to work well. So I'm on Twitter at JJ Shirty, and I have a blog that I write ramblings from time to time at jjshirty.com. So if you like post-apocalyptic movies, games, or just random discussions about storytelling, I post there. So, yeah. Cool. Well, this has been awesome. Cool. Thank you. This is really, really cool. This is my, you know what? This is my first international, not only speaking to an Australian, but speaking to an Australian who is now living in Taiwan. Yes. Yeah. Wow. This is a, this is a milestone moment for me. I'm not kidding you. Nice. This, this is, this is really, really incredible. I really appreciate you coming on. No worries. I appreciate it as well. This has been good. All right. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Foreign country. Like I talk to people at work, but then you go home. Not everyone here speaks English. So there's a, there's not a lot of dialogue going on. So yeah, no, this has been good. Well, cool. All right. Well, it's been awesome knowing you and, um, thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. No worries. Anytime. All right. And with that, I will bid adieu. Peace. All right, Wanderers, thanks for listening. You can find my blog at fromthewastes11811.wordpress.com. My email is fromthewastes at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at fromthewastes and on Facebook at facebook forward slash fromthewastes. You can also find this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Player FM, pretty much all your podcast players. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment and leave a review. Until next time, take cover and take care.